I'm Toby Haydock. I was born TARDIS trained. So, well, hello everybody, it's Skype, and it's Skype all the way to Australia, it's 8am where I am, so it's about half past six where my guest is, and he contacted me, and I'm very grateful because he was in the first episode of Doctor Who that I remember watching as a child, so I'm going to ask him who he is and why I'm talking to him about Doctor Who. And I, I saw Louise last night. I know. Who sends her love? Yeah, darling Louise, give her my love back, will you? But Louise, Louise and I have, have been... Uh, we've been involved in two shows together, Tenko. But earlier on... Um, and what was the other show we, she was... Oh, oh, Tenko Doctor and Doctor Who. Doctor yeah. Who and Tenko. That's right. Yeah. Tenko was a bit of a hit. I mean, the height of my career was, was definitely in, um, in 1980. I, I played, um, I was in Australia from 78 to, uh, from 1978 to 80. I, I, I commuted kind of thing. Uh, and, and indeed, I was doing work, a lot of work here in Australia. Um, and, in, and, and, and there was an awful lot of period um, television done here. And you were told that over the the, 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 the I, I, over I, the tunnel up north. No,
Yes. And Howard's Way, which had um, Stephen Yardley and... Um, Morris Colborne. Yeah. Well, Morris Colborne and I were up to the same part. Uh. Tennant Roberts wanted me. Gerald Glaister wanted Morris. Morris got the role and then subsequently died of them at the age of 49. Yeah. I understand. He did indeed. But that was the role I think that might have made my career because uh, it certainly made Janet, um, Janet Stevens' career. Yeah. Uh, because it was went on for such a long time and I would have got street cred and, and, and celebrity status out of it, which I never had up till then, you know. We, well, we weren't into celeb stuff in those days. And, and so, really, I, I, I think the Howard's Way, not getting the Howard's Way after Tenko was, in fact, um, the turning point. Because the lean years bend after that. And you, I, I guess you um, got on Gerald Glaser's radar because um, you'd done an episode of Secret Army or had you worked with him on other occasions? Yes, yes, I did Secret Army, yeah. Yeah, with Ballantyne, was it Ballantyne Dad? With that wonderful voice. Yeah. From, from decades of pipe smoking, I believe. Oh, oh from, oh, I smoked a pipe, of course. I'll tell you the story of what happened to me on in the war. And, uh, I, I mean, it was just the most wonderful um, thing to be on because it was Hollywood and I was flown out first class, you know, to Seattle or to Bremerton Harbour where we filmed it on the USS Missouri uh, with another ship pulling up the side and um, the fact that Bellamy was playing Roosevelt and the guy, uh, I always forget his name, he played the part in the York Sea Captain in, on Eaton Line. Howard Lang. He was in the first ever. Like, he was in the first ever cool. Doctor Who story, funnily enough. Yeah, really. Yeah. We were on this ship, these two ships, the USS Missouri of the Prince of Wales, and this other ship that's bringing Roosevelt to meet uh, Churchill. And I was playing Lord Wilkes with Robert Mitchum, and unfortunately, I was very stupid uh, because there wasn't much time to rehearse. We never had any kind of rehearse because when you were a professional actor in this. Circumstances don't rehearse, you let your lines hit your marks and say the lines. And they presume you're going to present the character as it's written. <laughs> when, you, when you hear about the men of the school and all this, you, you wonder where they are because you, you don't explore anything in that situation. Anyway, I did the. Um, I, 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 I said to um, the director, I thought I'd uh, introduce some pipe in this scene because we're actually on the top deck of Prince of Wales and we had this scene, we were watching uh, all the Christian soldiers, the, the square being done for the signing of the Marshall Agreement between Churchill and Roosevelt. So we were commenting, the scene was coming on. Uh, there were three cameras, it was raining, and there were 2,000 extras. And I, this stupid idea of producing a pipe was caused a problem because, of course, I couldn't remember when I, uh, in between my, my lines, when I put the pipe in my mouth, when I lit it, and when the smoke was coming out of my mouth during the lines I was speaking. So when it came, uh, this was all right on the master shop, but when it came to close-ups on 
lesson He's a lovely actor. Yes. And so John did the voiceover of, of, and we were terribly grateful for K9. Do you know why? Because we earned more uh, more on overtime than our original fee. <laughs> because it kept breaking down. <laughs> oh, brilliant! 
So you should work with animals so long as they're robotic and don't work properly. It, I, I, I do, of course, remember the makeup because I, I said in my introduction, it, and I'm not kidding you, it, it is my earliest memory of Doctor Who is your um, Brian Grellis and Jay Neal's faces turning, turn, you get the big silver eyebrows, and um, I, I remember my brother saying, oh, they get infected and their faces turn furry. And yes. that is my first memory of Doctor Who. You're joking. No, no. Well, she bought me a drink yesterday, so she's she's well, generally. Well, of course, she should have. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last time I saw Louise was sadly at a very sad time when we went down. I went down to Mel's to um, to Pennant Roberts' funeral. Uh, ah, well, tell us about because Pennant didn't do your Doctor Who, but Pennant did a lot of Doctor Who's, and everyone yes. I've spoken to is very, very complimentary about Pennant. We should talk about Tenko because there's obviously the Doctor Who crossover with Louise, and as you say, lovely part for yep. you where you played Stephanie Beecham's uh, other half, and uh, you were one of the main characters when it started, and then of course the women got captured, and then you came back to have a, a late night liaison with Stephanie Beecham, and uh, and ended up getting killed. I know. Look, I tried to persuade Gerald Glaster. And, uh, and, and certainly, you know, 
extend myself to adult, but then fine. That that was that was the apotheosis of my career in a way. I never never achieved anything as good as that again. I don't think. Well, and the producer. And, and, so, I mean, the crew were in tears, so you knew you were doing it well. And, and, and we don't see you die either, and part, part of you as a viewer goes, oh, th- 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 did that mean they were going to bring him back? Because, you know, they don't commit I mean, themselves. I, I actually, um, in, in a, a drunken moment, well, I don't know why, but one of these parties, I said to, oh... It was Ken, Ken, Ken Riddington. Riddington, yeah. Ken Riddington, I'm just, I better have another glass of wine, it's all my memories coming back. <laughs> None of it. Oh. Well, I, I always felt a bit sorry for you with Doctor Who as well because you must have got the script and, and thought, oh, this is a good part because you do a lot in episode yeah. one. And then literally about 30 seconds before the end, Louise Jameson throws a knife in your back. Uh, at 7 
It's a good show. <laughs> it was like a disembodied moment. Well, it's a, it's a good show, and, and, and a good job the other fella got sacked. Maybe he'd smoked a pipe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what? Um, so obviously you worked. You worked both in England and in Australia. And I'm talking to you in Australia now. And as I say, I remember you cropping up in a nice part in a thing called Anzacs. Uh, that was a series. Oh, yes, that... I played uh, was a coward and who was knocked out by the leading guy who subsequently has just died. Actually, who who killed himself on, on the roads after the shoot. Um, but, uh, yes, uh, and it's played every year here, of course, on, on Anzac Day. I've, I've sort of caught you over the years in stuff from Australia or yep. in stuff over here where you've played Australians, and yes. um, and now we find you in Australia, so what made you decide to... Because you were in Doctors in the UK relatively recently. So. I did. I, I, let me tell you, I did Doctors, and guess who, who's now a major star? Eddie Redmayne. Yes. Eddie Redmayne played my son in that episode I did of Doctors. And did you think he had star quality when you did it? I thought he was... Uh, I thought he had the potential, particularly looks-wise, uh, of being, you know, of, of doing something, but I... No, I didn't even thought about it. I gave him some very early um, little, little tips about the camera, how to work on camera. He'd never done anything before. He'd come down from Cambridge... And this was the first telly, I think it was the first telly he ever did. Uh, did you tell him not to smoke a pipe? Yes, that's right. <laughs> so in other words, yes, smoking a pipe could be the end of your career. <laughs> but so we, 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 we find you in Australia, um, where you've sort of been back and forth from, so are, are you settled there now? So you have royal blood coursing through your veins. And Catherine Pegg was a friend of, of, of 
Elgrin. Yeah. She was a friend of Elgrin's, a bet Charles II, and had two children by him that I'm related to. None of us I'm related to one. You are, you are part of... Well, you are the first person that I've podcasted with that, that has royal blood, so goodness me. Um, <laughs> it's all a little rubbish, but it's fun. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Well, talking of... Um, uh, royalty, Doctor Who royalty was was Tom Baker. Do you remember working with Tom? Of course I do. Yes, wonderful man. Quite a character. Do you know why he was so good? Tell me. Because he was equal to the intelligence of the part. I see. He was highly intelligent. High, and high, he, he was. He understood everything that was he spoke. You could imagine Tom Baker actually. Well, look, Ed, you've been very kind. You've broken off a, 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 a glass of wine soiree to talk to me. I would ask you um, to nominate a charity for the listeners to, um, to donate to. Um, and and, and um, cancer research, yes. Well, it's, it's and a... having also just recently had, in the last couple of years, a, uh, an operation for cancer. So uh, I, hope, uh, I hope we can conquer that. Yes. Conquer. Something that touches everyone's lives. Well, I wish you well with that. Um, yes. And, uh, I think given the all clear. Well, that's good news. Glad to hear. Um, and um, is that I ask you to uh, to give a message to the Doctor Who fans out there who will be lis- who listening to this conversation with great interest. deluge of letters from people now that they know you'll reply and send them a picture, so apologies in advance for that.
enough I'm off today to meet a friend of mine called Robert Ross who is the yep. the um, country's leading expert on the carry-on films so he might now buy me lunch I think well um, it remains for me to say Edmund Pegg from the other side of the world you got in touch with me uh, and uh, you said you didn't remember much but we've had a great chat and it's been a great uh, pleasure and an honour to speak to you so thank you for your time today A great pleasure to talk to you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks very much. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. He was delightful, wasn't he? And uh, for Cancer Research, you can go to www.cancerresearchuk.org. That's cancerresearchuk, all one word, dot org. Or, as Mr Pegg is in Australia, uh, you may be listening there and uh, may wish to donate in that hemisphere. Uh, the Australian version of Cancer Research is acrf.com.au. So that's www.acrf.com.au. ACRF is the Australian Cancer Research Foundation. Uh, now, a forthcoming podcast. Notice how I'm not saying next anymore, as various little gremlins have caused the running order to change at the last minute. It's my fault for spilling water on them. Uh, features a guest who took very little persuasion to take part, I'm happy to say. And that's the only clue you're getting. I'm Toby Haydock, the anthropomorphised anorak. Thanks for listening, and especially to my wonderful victim. Thanks. Mr. Edmund Peck. Just by being in a place you have an impact, every little action has a consequence. Usually they're swept away, smoothed over, but sometimes you really can change history, and that's dangerous. Brings you to Berlin, Susan. Nightlife, the boys, the politics. Science. My grandfather wanted to see the Kaiser Wilhelm Institute. Grandfather spun around, catching my eye as he disappeared into the car. Susan! I need to call the police. Are you sure? I'd worry about awkward questions if I were you. Foreigner, new in town, rolling in money. Straight in there with top scientists speaking suspiciously good German. Minutes later, a botched kidnap of their number one man. 
I'd wager they're more likely to see you as a problem than offer a solution. You don't want me dead. You wouldn't be so keen to drug me if you did. You want me alive. <laughs> True, but I'm quite happy to hurt you to get my way. A great deal if need be. I've bought more gold, Hairstrip Matter. I need your help. 